is unstoppable. And they're asking pastors all over the world to, to fill in, the, the, talk about the concept of, of the unstoppable work of the kingdom. Some of, some, some of them are talking about unstoppable love. Some are talking about unstoppable grace. A couple of them are talking about unstoppable God. Some of them are talking about all sorts of things. I, I think over the next couple of weeks you'll hear from a guy named Stovall Weems, who's a pastor in Jacksonville, Florida. Actually, you'll probably be hearing him next week. And he talks, his message is called The Unstoppable God. And he, he does, he's, he's kind of a fireball, i got to be really honest. He, he does, he's not a three-piece suit guy or nothing, but, man, he can sure bring it. And uh, he started a church about 11 years ago. Today they run about 11,000 in five different campuses around the, the greater Jacksonville area. Probably the week after that, you'll hear from a guy named Craig Rochelle, who's kind of the, the, the brainstorm behind one prayer, and he teaches a message about unstoppable courage, and he gets kind of cranked up in the middle of it, talking about the awesome God that we serve, and so he's from Oklahoma City, I believe, and a pastor of a church called LifeChurch.tv. He, now check this out, check out about the work of the ministry. He pastors, he is the senior pastor of 29 campuses covering five states. Wow. How do they do that? They do it via technology. And it's a crazy thing. I mean, it's just, and his church just started like in 1998 or something like that. And preaching the gospel. And I'm not sure who the last guy is going to be the last, the last Sunday of, of June, but we'll, we'll figure that out. i got a couple of things on the burner. i got to figure out this week who the next one's going to be. I've been sitting in my office for the last two weeks just getting cranked up because I get, I get, I'm just... All these pastors are doing great work for God and in the kingdom, and I get to—I've been listening to them, and uh, just woo. There's a guy named Joe Champion who also pastors a celebration church in Austin, Texas, and he was headed for the NFL. His dad was an NFL coach and several things, and God jerked him off that path and placed him in ministry, and uh, he's, he, he does an amazing message. I don't know if I'm going to show his or not. I, I haven't quite, uh, the Lord hasn't quite filled me in on that, but we're going to talk today. The, the, the concept is the first, the first message comes from the pastor of the local church, and then the next few come from pastors from all over the place, depending on what uh, you feel led to show that there's also, you can go to oneprayer.com and you can receive daily devotionals and updates about what's happening. There's Twitter things and all that sort of technology stuff that I'm not, I don't exactly do very, very well. My wife is like a Facebook maniac. I've told you that before. And I, 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 there's all sorts of things right online at oneprayer.com you can go to. To stay connected during the week, they're encouraging people as we start this journey today to take time to pray for the church of Jesus Christ, to fast and to just take times. And so you can go on there and be a part of the greater community. And I'd encourage all of you who are wired and do that kind of thing, jump on there, partake of that, and just stay in there and get connected, okay? Today I'm going to talk to you about the unstoppable gospel. I, you guys may have noticed a trend over the last several weeks that I'm kind of wound up about the basic strength and power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I have not relented in that, and I refuse to, and I'm just going to hang out right there until Jesus tells me otherwise. And so if I wear you out, I can't apologize for that, and um, I'm not going to. Uh, you have to take it up with Jesus and tell him, to, tell him to tell me to preach something different, okay, which I'm not going to, so you're wasting your time, okay? So don't worry about it. I was going to show a video clip, but I'm not going to do that, Thomas. All right? That, that one. Super, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, just changed my mind. I, I'm, I'm prone to do that. Listen, we all have a, a longing in our heart to be a part of something that's bigger than us. Don't we? 
Don't we long for something to be a part of something that's, that's important, that's impacting, that's significant? Don't we all have something, that we want to see something that's, we, 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 we enjoy those stories that talk about, that show us somebody who's basically unconquerable. They refuse to quit and give up. Is that right? There's several things in the gospel, in the, in the, in the scripture, that, that are unstoppable according to the scripture. The Bible says this about our Father, our God in heaven. He's the one who is, he's the one who was, and he is the one who is to come. You know what that means? He's unstoppable. He's been there, he'll be there, he'll continue to be there. He's here right now. He's unstoppable. But you know what else the Bible says? God's truth is unstoppable. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but the truth of God will stand secure. It'll stand sure. The Bible says this about love. Only three things remain, the Apostle Paul writes, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Those things are unstoppable. But you know what? We, even as we sit here today, those of us who are followers of Christ, those of us who are a part of this body of believers, we're a part of something bigger, bigger than ourselves, bigger than even us collectively. It's bigger than us as a church. It's bigger than us as a, as, as a congregation. It's bigger than us, and it's unstoppable. Something that's huge, it just keeps going and going and going. We can be a part of something bigger because we are a part of God's kingdom pulled together by his gospel. If you want to start, we're going to have, we're going to, we're going to, I hope you have your running shoes on today. I mean, I, I, I hope you are ready to just get on. Get them on. The Bible says we should have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Are you ready to run? We're going to run through a history lesson today. We're going to talk about the unstoppable gospel, where it started. I was going to say where it ended. It, doesn't, it hasn't ended yet. It just keeps going. And so we're going to start. We're going to jump off the bridge at Matthew 24. And the river of God's going to take us someplace. So if you would turn with me to Matthew 24, we're going to read about one verse of Scripture there. I'll give you some background. In Matthew 24, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. He's having a conversation with them. He's talking about things that are going on. And they say, Jesus, when will these things happen that you've been talking about? When will your kingdom come to fruition? When can we know things are going to happen? And Jesus begins to line out for them things that are going to happen as the end of time approaches. He begins to share with them what, 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 what things they can look for, what piece of the puzzle can begin to come together, what things are going to go on. And so they would have a, a gauge, a timeline with which to work with, to know that they should be ready, that it's coming. And we get, as he runs through there, he comes to a passage, he comes to a place in Matthew 24, 14, where he utters these words. The New Living Translation puts it like this, and the good news about the kingdom Will, will, everybody say will. Everybody say the good news. The good news. Not just some good news. Not one of many good newses. Not, not, not some watered down version of good news. The good news about the kingdom. Everybody say will. This is not a maybe thing. This is not, it, 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 we hope it works out this way. It's not a thing about maybe it's going to happen or if a certain piece of the puzzle come into place, this is going to happen. Jesus says these words, the, the, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached 
to the whole world. The whole world. The whole world. That's huge, isn't it? Does that sound unstoppable? It will be preached. So all nations will hear it. And then the Bible says this, then the end will come. Then the end will come. The end is not going to come until the gospel about the kingdom is preached to the whole world. And a couple comments I found, I saw this. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world during a period as a testimony to all nations. Though this will be a terrible time of persecution, the Lord will have servants who will witness and spread the good news concerning Christ and his soon coming kingdom. The message will be similar to that preached by John the Baptist, Jesus and disciples, at the beginning of Matthew's gospel. That's a good important piece. We're going we're to pick up the, about that in a minute. It says here, what's, what's chiefly intended here is that the end of the world shall be then, but not until then, when the gospel has done its work in the world. The gospel shall be preached, and that work will be carried on. When you are dead, he said, so all, all the nations first, last, shall have their enjoyment or the refusal of the gospel. Then cometh the end, when the mystery of God shall be finished, the mystical body completed, and the nations either converted or saved or convicted and silenced by the gospel. Then the end comes. As we look around the world today, we can get really discouraged, really frustrated, really uncomfortable about watching certain things happen. What's going to happen with Greece and its economy? What if it folds and everything else goes? It's like a domino and everything happens. And what about America and Arca? You know, the job numbers came out yesterday. Like all the jobs that were created almost without fail were government jobs. And what does that mean? And how? And the oil spill in the Gulf. And oh my goodness! And the Pelicans are all muddy and oily, and they're going to die. And it's going to wipe out the entire economy of the Gulf Coast of Florida and whoever. You know, and we get just. Listen, Jesus said tough times are around. They're going to happen. But this gospel shall pre- be preached. It's going to keep going and going and going and going. A lot longer than the Energizer Bunny. Now, in, in the book of, uh, in, in, the, in the New King James Version, it doesn't say the good news. It says, it says this gospel Jesus being very emphatic, there's a particular gospel, not just, again, not just some gospel. This gospel will be preached. This thing that I've been talking about, this is what will be preached, and it will make it to the very end. It will, it will culminate in the end. It will cause the end to come. This gospel, not just something, but a particular thing will be preached. You hear me? And, and, and that commentary, it says, it says what, what, what was started by John the Baptist and Jesus and disciples, that's the message to be continued on. Listen, if we go back and try to figure out what this gospel is, we better start at the beginning, hadn't we? What was the gospel that was being preached? Well, if you go to Matthew 3, you'll find that John the Baptist preaches a gospel something like this. He says these words in Matthew 3. The Bible says, in those days, John the Baptist came to Judea in the wilderness and began preaching his message. And it was this, repent! of your sins, and turn to God. You know why? The kingdom of God is near. That's the message of the kingdom. It's a message that we need Christ. It's a message that we're not right. 
It's a message that it's not about a lifestyle. It's, about a con- it's not about a lifestyle of our, that we just have a lifestyle of sin and we're sick like this. We have a need of repentance. We have a need of conversion. We have a need of the Holy Spirit of God to come in and radically change us. But we've got to give ourselves to him. We've got to realize that we are the one that's messed up. It's not God. And we need him greater than anything else. It's a message of repentance and salvation. And that's the bottom line. In Matthew 4, you'll pick up the story there. You'll find that John the Baptist is thrown in prison. You'd think that might stop the message. Not on your life does it stop the message. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 talks about John being thrown in prison. And in Matthew 17, it says this, From then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So it didn't stop. They tried to imprison the message. The message wouldn't be imprisoned. They tried to stop it, but the message was unstoppable. You know why? Because it's God's message. It's about his kingdom, and he cannot be stopped. His truth cannot be stopped. His love cannot be stopped. He keeps going and going. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples one afternoon. They're looking over the city of Jerusalem. They're having a conversation. Jesus says to his guys, he said, hey, who do, what, what are people saying about me? What are people talking about? When they, when they talk about me, what's going on? Where are the conversations are going? Oh, Jesus, some are saying you're Elijah. Some are saying you're Moses. Some are saying you're this and you're that. You're a great teacher. And Jesus stops and he points his finger at Peter. He says, but who do you say that I am? Who do do you say that I am? Jesus, or Peter responds to Jesus, says, Jesus, you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. You've come into the world. Jesus makes this statement to him. You're right, Peter. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you but the spirit of my Father in heaven. And upon the rock, the understanding, and the understanding of who I am, that I've come to bring the kingdom close to people, to put it, to literally plant it in their hearts. On that rock, I'll build the church. Now listen to these words. And the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. The very gates of hell cannot, listen, the very gates of hell cannot stop the work of this kingdom cannot stop the work of this gospel. The very Listen to me. If you are carrying around in you the gospel of Jesus and you are walking out that plan, you are walking out that purpose, you are trying to find your place in that kingdom, listen, your life, it's unstoppable. If you are walking in that, does that mean we don't have problems? No. Does that mean we don't have trials? No. Does that mean we don't face difficulty? No. In Matthew 11, Jesus looks at his disciples and they're talking. And he says, from the time of John the Baptist... Those are these words. From the time of John the Baptist, John the Baptist came carrying the message. From the time of John the Baptist till now, Jesus says these words, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent men are trying to lay hold of it. But you know what? They couldn't stop it. The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, has been forcefully advancing since John began to preach this message about repentance and the Son of God coming. And you know what? It's still advancing. It's still going. It's still growing. And we get to be a part of it. 
Jesus looks at his disciples in, Ma- in Mark chapter 16. There's a parallel scripture in Matthew 28. And he looks at him and he goes, listen, I want you to preach this gospel to every creature. In other words, I do not want you to stop declaring this gospel. I want it declared to everything living, everything that's moving around this planet, every creature. That's a lot of, that's a lot of things. Do you know how many bugs there are on this planet? You know what Jesus is saying there? Do, 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 do animals need to be saved? No. He wants to make this in, sure this entire planet is saturated in the gospel. That's what he's saying. Don't stop preaching the gospel. And the crazy thing about it is he goes on and he says, and all these things will follow as you carry this message. All these things will happen. He, he goes on this long list of uh, the, the, the sick will be healed, the dead will be raised, uh, you'll drink deadly stuff and it won't harm you. And he, he goes, demons will be cast out. And he says, and the Bible goes, that the body goes, and they went about doing what? Preaching this word. And the Bible says, then God worked with them, confirming his word with signs following. Listen, if we really make our lives wrapped around the declaration of this gospel, the supernatural would just go, ah, it'll just happen. Because God, I heard a story the other day, it just fries my circuits. I, I sat there and I went, ah, that's amazing. God wants to do supernatural things, but he wants to do supernatural things for, the, for, for, for a purpose. That the loss might be saved, the hurt might be healed, and, and for, 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 for the kingdom to grow and expand. That's what he wants. I was talking to J.C. Collins the other day. They're in the middle of a transition at their church. They're changing the name of the place today. Some of you may have seen J.C. put on like his Facebook. This was my last day preaching at Salem Community Church or something like that, like last Sunday. Well, he's not leaving. They're just changing the name of the church. God's moving in a direction. They're called, from, from this point on, the church will be called Freedom House. They've got a long history there in that part of town, but God's got them going in a certain direction, and they're, they're walking in that. And so and J.C. was talking about how they, they got on these treasure hunts. And J.C., what they do is they pray ahead of time, and then they ask God to give them supernatural information about people as they go about, their, go about they, they purposely go out, walk the streets, different places, different target zones. Sometimes it's at a mall. Sometimes it's at a festival that's going on. Sometimes it's just a particular part of town. And J.C. said, really, for me, it's only happened about twice what I've been on a treasure hunt, and it's actually happened. So he, he's praying, and God gives him a list, and you write the list down. This is your treasure map, they call it. And he said he was moving to Caesars Creek Flea Market. I'm getting way off track, but just hang in here with me. Caesar's Creek Flea Market. It's for the power, it's for the purpose of the gospel. God, tell, God shows him in prayer that there's this guy named Marty wearing a blue t-shirt. Got, a, got, got missing, a, missing a part of his arm. He's been through marital distress and all this sort of thing. JC and his wife are uh, at Lynn are at the uh, at the like the snack bar area. And she says, I'll go get us something to drink. He says, okay. He sits down at the table. He's sitting there, he looks around, and here comes a guy with the blue t-shirt, missing a hand, comes and stands like right here at the end of his table. Hey, Marty. Hey, how you doing? Did you go to Wilmington High School? How do we know each other? And he's like, oh, boy. Long story short, it was on the money. And this guy had wandered away from the Lord, been through a very difficult divorce in the last year. We even wondered if God was around or if God was even paying attention to him. And there's J.C. right at the right spot at the right time. Why did God allow that to happen? Because it was all about the expansion of the kingdom and the proclamation of the gospel. 
And the thing he goes back, he goes back to his, he goes back to the booth where this guy works. And the other guy, the other guy who's working with JC or working with this guy Marty at the thing, comes up to JC halfway up the concourse. He's like, "Hey, dude, pray for me." And he comes up and he's like, "I need help and something." And JC's like, "What in the world?" And he says, "Well, let's pray right here, brother." And he said, "I gra- he grabbed his hand, he grabbed his hand right there in the middle of Caesar's Creek <laughs> Flea Market. They're praying. Also, the guy goes, "Boom!" And he just falls out right there in the middle of the. And all of a sudden, people are like, what is going on? That's when they say, don't worry about it. God's just doing something. Don't worry about it. You just have at it, brother. Just take care of him, something. What am I saying? I'm saying it's about the expansion of the gospel. We want to see those things. We better wrap our hearts and our lives about one thing, making sure this, this gospel gets preached to every creature. That's what I'm saying. We covet and we look after and we want these great big supernatural things to do. But according to what I see in Scripture, in the book of Mark, in the book of Acts, God says, I'll meet you at those supernatural points when everything about your life is about the proclamation of this thing. Are you hearing me? That's why Jesus, I heard a guy preach, the reason Jesus did so many miracles is he was pulling back the veil on the, what the kingdom was supposed to look like. And that kingdom is eternal. That kingdom is strong, it's powerful. Every creature. And in Acts 1.8 it says this. Jesus tells him, he goes, go and wait in Jerusalem. He's been dead, he's been buried, he's been resurrected, he's been with him a couple times, he's getting ready to leave again. He says, go to Jerusalem. When you get to Jerusalem in Acts 1.8 he says, wait there the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's going to empower you to do something. It's going to empower you to be a witness. And he's got a progression there, and he says, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He says, walk with me in this. So let's start our, let's take it beyond the, the gospel of Matthew and Mark. Let's talk about the book of Acts, and I'm not going to camp out here with a bunch of passages of Scripture. We're just going to, you write this down and go read it for yourself, okay? You don't have time to read all of it? I'm not going to read all of it. Acts chapter 2, we read about the outpouring of the day of Pentecost. You know what happens? And the day, I, 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 put, I put a subheading up there on that first slide. What does it say? Leaping obstacles, faster than technology, stronger than governments. I was going to show a little clip about Superman at the beginning. You know, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound and faster than a speeding bullet and, you know, stronger than a locomotive and all that stuff. Remember that? You know, the old George Reeves Superman. Standing on the world with the thing waving. That's what I was going to show. This gospel we are a part of, this church we get to be a part of, it leaps big obstacles. It's faster than technology. You know how I know that? In one day in the book of Acts, with not one bit of wiring anywhere to convey any message, no sound system, no PA, no, no nothing like that, no, no computer, no mass transit, no, no, no cars, no, no nothing. In one day, this gospel is preached, 3,000 people come to Christ. And so we sit here in church, we oh, yeah, I know book, book of Acts, chapter 2, yeah, people got saved, yeah, well, praise the Lord. Well, that should still excite us, people. Not sit there and take it for granted. That's just, okay, that's the book of the Bible. Yeah, I know. That's good. We, want, we should desire, that should stir something on the inside that says, that's what I want to be a part of. I want to see the lost saved. I want to see the, the, the hurting healed. I want to see the, 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 the damage touched. I want to see the, 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 those who are bound delivered. I want to be a part of that. And I'd like to see 3,000 in a day come to know Christ. I just take it for, oh, yes, Acts chapter 2. 
See, we get, we, 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 we just, we get sidetracked on so many things. So many things stir our pot more than anything else. Hey, the Reds are playing great, but you know what? They're not going to win anybody in the kingdom. And I get excited when the Reds play good. I like the Reds. But you know what? If I get more excited about the Reds than I do about Jesus and the work of the kingdom, then I'm losing it. I'm completely losing it. Anyhow. You guys forgive me for getting loud and crazy. Don't forgive me. I didn't apologize. Acts 8. We find this progression that Jesus talks about begins to take place. They send a guy named Philip down to Samaria. Guess what happened? The revival breaks out. The gospel is being preached. People are being changed. Lives are, are, are being converted. People are coming to Christ because this gospel message is being preached. Big turns the city upside down. And it doesn't even stop in Samaria. Because you know what? In Acts chapter 10, God sends this guy named Peter to a house of a guy named Cornelius. And so it goes from Jerusalem and Judea, which is that surrounding area. It jumps into Samaria. And then all of a sudden, we find that people who they didn't think were even supposed to hear about it, that weren't even supposed to have a chance, come to know Christ. And so all of a sudden, it starts to spread to the uttermost parts of the world. This guy named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, he and his whole house get saved in a minute. God pours out his spirit. People begin to talk in languages they don't know, speaking in tongues. And Peter's like, I'm just preaching. I ain't got an article yet. I don't even know what to do about this. These people aren't supposed to be ready for the gospel. I don't know if I'm supposed to teach them or not, but it just happened. We can't deny it. He gets crazy. God goes, and we're a part of that. Because Jesus prays in John 17. I don't, I don't just pray for these guys you've given me right here in the here and now, Jesus. I pray for those who will hear of, me, hear of me because of their testimony. And my prayer is this, that they would be one as you or I are one, so that the world may believe. And today, we stand here today celebrating, working together, participating in one prayer together with thousands of other churches, millions of other Christians right here in the now, and we are answering Jesus' prayer right now. And that stirs me to pieces. I don't know if it stirs you, but it just gets me. <sighs> and the book of Acts keeps going and going. Paul goes all over the, the, the known world at the time. Ends up in Rome. Dies a martyr's death. But it, you know what? Even though almost, almost all the apostles, except one, die a martyr's death, Thomas goes to India. Paul literally travels the known world. Peter keeps working in and around the areas God's called him to be. And they all get martyred off. But you know what? It does not stop. And Rome begins to persecute the church because they can't stop it. They can't stop this message. They think that's going to fix it. But you know what? All that does is continue to propagate it. Just continues to make it move faster and further. And then this guy named Constantine comes on the scene. And he thinks, I need to figure out who, who's going to fight for me. And, well, who's and Bible, the, 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 the history tells us that he prays and asks, asks to, to know who he should fight for because he knew that the other pagans around him, their gods weren't working for him. There's a great resource online. It's called ChristianHistoryTimeline.com. Go check it out. I can tell you about it. He prays, and guess what he sees? He sees this cross hanging in the sky. Who am, I to, who, who, who am I to fight for? He sees a cross. And at that point, he begins to, 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 to really, really begin to work to convert the Roman world to a Christian thing. Now, some things happen. I think Satan's plan at that point was to, he couldn't fight them from the outside. He decided he'd fight the church from the inside. 
That was Satan's plan. I don't think it was God's plan. I think it was Satan's plan. So things begin to creep into the church, and all of a sudden it goes from Roman persecution to Roman acceptance of the gospel, and it becomes kind of watered down and kind of lazy and kind of just doesn't do what it was. The gospels, the, the church isn't exactly doing what it's supposed to do. And then we come to this plan called the Middle Ages. And so not only does Satan figure he can work it from the inside, you know what he does? He tries to lock it up. Only certain people are privileged enough to read the Scripture and know what it means, and it's written in Latin and things people can't even read, and, and he thinks he can stop it. But you know what? He can't stop it because right after that, there are people who get a hold of it, guys like Martin Luther and John Wycliffe and others who say, you know what? This is for everybody. We can't hold this back. And they start this thing called the Reformation. And in the middle of that, persecution begins again. These guys are ostracized. They're burned at the stake. They're all these kind of things, and Satan tries to stop it again. And you know what? He just can't. And we come through all those years. Johann Gutenberg invents the printing press, and all of a sudden the Gospels has free access to people everywhere, all the places. It's awesome. And then there's this thing that happens called the Great Awakening right here in our good old U.S. of A. I want to read you something I read. There was a guy named Theodore Freelinghuisen. He was a minister of the Dutch Reformed Church. He began his pastoral world work in the world in New Jersey during the 1720s. It says here, he was shocked by the deadness of the churches in America. This is what he preached. He preached the need for conversion, a profound life-changing commitment to Christ, not simply perfunctory participation in religious duties. Gilbert Tennant was heavily influenced by Freelingheisen and brought revival to his nomination. He was a Presbyterian. Tennant believed the deadness of the churches was part due to so many pastors never having been converted themselves. And there was a guy also in this time called, what, what, what did Freelingheisen and, and, and Tennant preach? What John started, and then Jesus did, and then Jesus commissioned the disciples to do, and then the book of Acts did. And all through those times, he gets back to that. And a thing called the Great Awakening happened. There's another guy involved in that called George Whitfield. Listen to what ben, ben Franklin says about George Whitfield. Ben Franklin was fascinated with Whitfield's speaking ability and the effects his teaching had on the people. Though Franklin never openly became a Christian himself, he did become a friend of Whitfield and, his pub, and, and he was his publisher in America. He was impressed with the change Whitfield's gospel preaching brought on society. Did you hear the terminology? Whitfield's gospel preaching. Franklin wrote that it was wonderful to see the change soon made in the manners of our inhabitants. From being thoughtless or indifferent about religion, it seemed as if all the world were growing religious so that no one could walk through the town in an evening without hearing psalms sung in different families of every street. The Great Awakening in America in the 1730s and 40s had tremendous results. The number of people in the church multiplied. The lives of the converted manifested a true Christian piety. The nominational barriers broke down as Christians of all persuasions worked together in the cause of the gospel. Did you hear that? The cause of the gospel, not our particular swing on things, not what we completely think about stuff. When we get ourselves to the gospel, there barriers and things in the church break down. There was a renewed concern with missions. Sometimes there been connection between the Great Awakening and the American Revolution. Christians who join spiritual liberty in the Christ will come to create political liberty. Let me tell you this. We can listen to all the talk, radio talk show hosts, all the news programs, all that stuff. What started this land was a, was, a, was a great awakening, spiritually speaking, and that's what we need to get back to if this place is going to be saved. 
if it's going to be changed. It's not going to come from Washington. Stop looking there. It's not going to come from Columbus. Stop looking there. It's not going to come from the Senate or the Supreme Court. It's not going to come from Fox News or the Grudge Report or whoever, whatever particular news agencies you try to get your information from. It ain't coming from those places. The change we need is a return to the gospel of Christ that says a person needs to be converted, their sins need to be turned over, and their life needs to be changed. That is it. That's the bottom line. Nothing else will work. And if we think something else will, we are loster than lost. That's how we started. That's how we should continue. You know what's amazing to me? We've talked about the great history out there somewhere. Jesus and John the Baptist and the disciples and the book of Acts and the Roman world and the great, the great, uh, the great awakening in America and the Middle Ages. Uh, this gospel keeps going on and on. See, right after that great awakening, right after the American Revolution, something kind of neat happens that has affected every one of us in this room. Right after the formation of the state of Ohio, in the northeastern hills of Ross County, all about the year 1814. Let me read something to you. A deed was signed 12th of April, 1814, in Ross County, Ohio, upon payment of $12 for two acres of land for the purpose of a church a school, and a burying ground. It was part of, it was a p- attractive land surveyed by Thomas Worthington. In 1814, there was a church organized Set apart. Its doors have never closed. Not in almost 200 years. Ever. It was officially incorporated in April 29th of 1905 with the name Salem Evangelical and Reformed Church. In 1855, a building was built that we still use for youth ministry right over there. Where am I at? This two-acre piece of land was bought in 1976 by a pastor named Reverend Bateson for the hope that the gospel will continue to grow and go. In 1986, 112 acres were purchased just east of here. It's still there. In 1977, check this out. This amazes me. 1977, the total offerings collected for Salem White whatever, same white church, I guess it was at that point. It wasn't Reformed Church any longer. Total, total collections for the year, $12,000. 
4,000 more than the year before. And today, we have the privilege and the opportunity of sending multiplied thousands all over the world to different missionaries in different places all over the place. Dude, that's what I say. Dude. That means wow. In case you're wondering. In 1991, the name was changed to Church Triumphant to reflect who we are and where we're going, the notes say. 1995, December the 17th, I believe, this building you're sitting in right now was dedicated. You know what the common link in all of this is? The one thing that's been, because we have gone through all sorts of denominational changes. We were, whatever, Salem Evangelical Reformed Church. We were once Salem White Reformed Church. We were once a part of the United Church of Christ. And one, one thing in one of these notes I found, which kind of, it was German Lutheran at the time it was initially incorporated. It became a church, German Lutheran. Strict Calvinist. We've gone through some changes over the years, folks. Reverend Bateson had the foresight to see a, a denomination that, 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 that this church was involved in was going very liberal. We were a part of the United Church of Christ at the time. And he said, we've got to get out of this mess. And he, he pulled the congregation out of that. And he had served here for 18 years and then... God bless him with Pastor Eric, who took that work of the gospel, took it another step further. Empowerment of the Holy Spirit, work of ministry, worldwide mindset. For 31 years, longest tenure of any pastor ever. There have been 32 pastors to date of this church, this congregation of people that have never closed their doors. And the, the two who've served the longest have been the last two. Reverend Bateson served for 18, Pastor Eric served for 31. And you know what that means? It's still going. And the thing that's been true about the whole deal, because we have changed denominational slants and different things like that, and everything's different and all of those things. You know what the one thing is? The gospel of the kingdom has been preached, and God has refused to let cancer or problems or financial strife or doctrinal dis disruptions and all that to stop it because the gospel is the main thing, and we get to be a part of it. How cool is that? Something that extends clear back to the Great Awakening. You and me, I, we get to be a part of that. Ah! And it's not over yet. I thought it was awesome that missions was a part of the, 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 the awakening that took place. Right sitting back there is a missionary from this church who served here for a lot of years. And you know why she gets to keep serving? Because she keeps sharing the gospel. Sheila McPherson is sitting right there. And she's a part of the worldwide reach of the gospel of Jesus. She's a part of the work of God that is unstoppable. In Monterey, Mexico, hails clear from Hallsville, Ohio to Monterey, Mexico. You know what I'm saying? All of us playing our part are significant. We are a part of something that cannot be stopped, something that cannot end, because if we keep preaching the gospel, it won't stop until the end. I know it. I mean, throw those other things up there. Thomas, did you remember that? Awesome. That's a part of us, who we are. 
But you know what? We Things don't stay where they are. They keep growing. Throw the other one up there. You recognize that? Throw the other one up there. Remember that? You know what that means? Look at the bottom line. When disciples say, you know what that means? I don't know if you notice there's a cross and a dove in the first thing. Did you remember that? Y'all remember that? Go, go back one, Thomas. There's the dove deal right there. See, that's the dove. I don't know if you guys recognize that. That's the dove. Go to the, go to the long one. We purposely wanted to keep that connection. There are two crosses there with the dove on purpose. We're not deviating from the gospel. We're trying to propagate it further. We're trying to take it someplace it's not gone. We want to reach people who have never been reached. We're doing a thing in Kingston at the end of July. Why? To share the gospel. Not for any other reason. None. Not to make friends and all that kind of, which I hope we do. I hope people get connected and never, never want to be a part of what's going on. No, we're doing that so we can be a part of something greater. Hopefully, Barry Bennett and other churches will jump in on us with Mount Pleasant, and we'll just begin to do a work right here in the backyard. We'll do our Jerusalem and get the progression right. That's what I'm talking about. This gospel is unstoppable. As long as, it, listen, if, listen to me. If I ever stop preaching Jesus and him crucified, you all better fire me right now. Right stinking now. If I start preaching something other than Jesus' blood is the only way to get to heaven, if I stop preaching that Jesus arose from the dead, if I stop preaching that he had a virgin birth, if I stop preaching that he lived, loves, grow, he, he, he wants every person to be saved, you better do something with me, and that's send me out of town on a rail. I mean that. You better find something else to do. I'm not going to stop preaching this gospel. I'm not going to stop doing, doing, doing this. I refuse. I've seen too much. I've been a part of too much. I've been imparted to too much. This gospel is everything. It's not just a part of life. It is everything. Your friends need it. Your family needs it. Your coworkers need it. Just saying. You know what? In light of that, I'm just talking about the outreach. Listen, you want to know how to get a part of part of this, this gospel? Don't sign a sheet out there. Get a part of it. Distribute snow cones. Watch an inflatable game thing. Help the fire department out. Whatever those lists are, get involved in distributing food. And, and don't just get in and do something. That's all I'm saying. I want to do something because, you know what, our reach, Sheila's here. I just talked about that. But you know what? It's going to happen. Nancy, I want to ask you to help me here in just a minute if you don't mind. It's like, oh, Aaron, you put me on this spot. See these five right here? Saturday, with me and Jeanette's working in children's ministry this morning, we're going to take this gospel from Hallsville-ish, Kingston-ish. We're not really any place, really. We're kind of, literally, we're like in the middle of nowhere. Because um, you live outside Hallsville or outside Kingston, that's no place. You know what I mean? We're just out there nowhere. I'm in a sub, we live in a suburb of Kingston. Um, we're... We're going to go to the Dominican Republic. Why? To share the gospel. And I want, us, I want you to pray for us before we leave. Would you mind doing that for us? Sending us with the blessing of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. The work of God would take place. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen to the Dominican. I still don't know what happened to me in Kenya. And it, it, I don't, I'm kind of scared. To, I don't know what's going to happen. I could explode when I'm there. I don't know. I might, I might come back in pieces. Of the stuff me in my own luggage or something. Nancy, would you come? 
Jim's going. Look at an entire family. Jim's going. Belinda's going. Hannah's going. Zach's going. Luke's going. I'm going. Jeanette's going. Why? To share the gospel. And you know what? You guys get to go with us because you know what? You've supported. You've bought lunch bags. You've given in the offering. You've, you've bought those grocery bags, which what I'm thinking about, the rest of them are out there for a donation. Whatever, if you want, want to, we want to get that church triumphant win, disciples sitting any place anybody can recognize it. Take whatever donation you want to give, we'll just take it. You take however many of those you want and just leave something. Is that cool? There's a bunch of, Jeanette set up a display out there earlier today, and so it's out there. Go get some, okay? All right, praise the Lord. Nancy, I'm going to give you a microphone. I want you guys, I was going to give you a microphone. I don't know what happened. Yeah, you Amen. Yeah. Since the last time you saw those two, it's Mr. and Mrs. Van Buskirk. And the family's like, Aaron, please, knock that off, okay? I don't want people, you know. He hates it when I put him on the spot like Nancy does. And so, and I'm asking Nancy to pray. Let's join uh, hands here, folks. Amen. Praise. We thank you that, Father God, that you still call your people, you still choose them, and you separate them. And, Father, we thank you that each of these are called and chosen and separated, Father God, to go forth to the Dominican Republic. Father God, we ask that your angels would surround them. We ask that, Father God, that you give them travel mercies, Father God, going and coming. And, Father God, while they're there, we pray that, Father God, that your hedge of protection would rest around each and every one of them. And, Father God, that they would have divine appointments, Father God, every piece of the way, Father God, every step of the way. That, Father God, that you would place them where they need to be, when they need to be there. God, we ask that your anointing would rest upon them. That, Father God, that they would go full of your spirit, full of your word, full of your anointing, full of your presence, full of your love, Father God. God, we pray that your love would flow out of them and that everyone that would come in contact with them would just, Father God, be overwhelmed by the love pouring out of them. Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus that, Father God, that you would speak through them, that you would minister through them, Father God. Father, I pray that you would give them the ability to do things that they never dreamed that they would be able to do. God, we pray signs and wonders over them. Father, the great commission was to go. And that, Father God, that there would be signs and wonders. And we pray that, Father God, that they would see the manifestation of those in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for salvation to come forth in Jesus' name. That, Father God, that blind eyes would be open to your gospel, Father God. And that strongholds would be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray that you would do a supernatural work. That, Father God, that would bring many into your kingdom. That would set many free, Father God, and that would heal many. Father God, we just ask that you would go before them even this week and prepare the way for them, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we just release them, Father God, by your spirit to go forth and to do, Father God, your work in the kingdom. That strongholds be demolished, Father God, and lives would come into your kingdom in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that as you're doing that work in others, that Father, you would also do that supernatural work in them. That God, that you would continue to keep them in health, that Father God, that your strength would be upon them, and that, Father God, that you would just knit them together in new ways with one another and with you. Father, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And clap. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am.
Thank you, ma'am. Listen, how do you get, what happens now? We're not done. Church triumphant is not done. The work of the kingdom is not done. The end is not yet. And it takes all of us doing our part, playing our role. I've got something that's been in my heart over the last few weeks. I think the Lord, you know, it, we, we talk a lot about connection groups and home groups and things of that nature. And some of you are like, oh, would you just knock that off, please? No, I'm not going to knock it off, please. I think, you know what? The political climate that we are, find ourselves in. The potential for disasters and things of that nature behoove us to be ready in the event that we cannot meet in this place like we are right now. And I'm not going to stop talking about that. But here's my heart here. I believe God would have us continue to grow the idea of what ministry, how ministry reaches. 1992-ish, somewhere in there, Nancy can refresh my memory, we started doing groups, didn't we? And some of you are still bucking and kicking about getting in a group. Well, we're not going to stop, you know what I mean? The, the blessing is yours to miss. I'll just say that. And if something happens and suddenly we can't meet here, some of us will be ready for that, some of us aren't. But listen to me. The biggest thing is this. That's God's paradigm in Acts chapter 2 for growing the kingdom. So it's even beyond that. It's not even about whether we meet here or not. My heart is this. I, I, my prayer is that we get groups started in such a way and they start thriving so much that maybe one day we got four or five groups meeting in Circleville and they're doing great. And all of a sudden we're like, you know, we could probably reach a little more people if we were just right close in Circleville. So maybe instead of having CT just in Kingston, maybe there's a CT in Pickaway County somewhere that, 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 that those four or five little groups have come together to kind of foster and grow and suddenly there's a search triumph. And you know what? We've got a few people coming from Pike County. And you know what? We've got a couple of groups going there, and they're growing and thriving. And, man, things are happening. Let's, let's try and reach more people in Pike County. So you know what let's do? Let's start another little church right there in Pike County. And you know what, man? We've got some people driving from Jackson. Wow. You know what? Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll have three or four groups there. And all of a sudden, those three or four groups are going, whoom. And suddenly, there's things going. And we can, you know what? There's a lot of work going on here at Kingston, and we're reaching the, those 6,000 people. We have 500, but we got three or four churches that are groups, that, small house churches that meet in Chilla Coffee. And we're out of space here. So maybe we go to Chilla Coffee, and you know, another CT's planning in Chilla Coffee. Believe it or not, that could happen, and I'd be okay with that. And then maybe it's in Greenfield the next one. And then, you know, it just keeps going and going and going. That, if you want to know what makes me, ah, that's it. Ah! So my heart to you is this. Find your place of plugging in and connection. That's what we call them connection groups. I kind of feel like I'm not really a part of things and stuff like that. Are you in a group? It's almost always my first one. Well, no, you know. And I would admit this. We don't have them as available as I'd like to have them. I would like for time and location not to be an issue for anyone. I like for work schedules not to be an issue for anyone. You know what that means, though? Some of you got to get plugged in so you can become leaders so we can start new ones. I just being, can I? The gospel's got to go on. 
Some of you, God's got vision in your heart to do something that doesn't look ministry-oriented. It's like a, a vision for a business or, or something like that. And, but you know what? It could be that God would say, that's my place of expanding the kingdom into that area around that type of business. And you're like, oh, God, I don't know. Yes, 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 yes. You wrap your heart around the, uh, the idea of the kingdom and God will use you and use it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Stand with me. I'm going to encourage you today. Some of you are saying, I've just let too much get in the way. I'm not, my life's not wrapped around the gospel. My life's not wrapped. I don't eat, breathe, and sleep it. I eat, breathe, and sleep the reds or the buckeyes. Or I eat, breathe, and sleep that, the bottom line at work. Or uh, I, I, I'm just not there yet. As a follower of Christ, you need to be there. Jesus said, nothing else is acceptable. Did you know that? That's what he said. I didn't say that. That's a tough gospel, Aaron. I know. He said, except a man would forsake all that he has and follow me, he's not worthy of me. Jesus said those words. I did not. There's a song that's, that's being played right now. That's what I, I'm going to have Thomas play. And right now where you stand, if you have to come to the altar, if you've got to bow down where you are, I don't care. I mean, if leaders want to come, I'm, somebody needs somebody to pray with them or whatever, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm gonna, some of you need to just, just, just to bottom line get down on it and say, you know what, I'm going to get involved in a connection group. Don't go on it. I'm just going to do it. I, 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 God's eating at me, but I'm just going to go do it. Some of you need to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to readjust my perspective and my look at life. It's going to be about the gospel more, more intentionally, more, 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 more purposefully. I'm not going to get caught up with work. I'm not going to get caught up with hobbies. I'm not going to get caught up with stuff. I'm going to get caught up with being the, what the gospel is going to be. Some of you need to say, you know what? God's calling me maybe to go on a mission trip. I just need to plug in and do that. I need to, I need to find a place to serve and do that. You know, I think every, I, I'm going to say this, I think every Christian at some point in time needs to, and if I could make a requirement somehow, I would. I'm just telling you. But I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not supposed to do that. But I'll just say, if you're going to be, you need to go on a mission trip sometime because you just need to. I hear the amen corners from the people who've been. You just need to. But it gets it off of you and it gets it on the gospel. It's awesome. Anyhow. And as we play this song, I want you to, see, I want you to think about that. If you need to find a place to listen, the gospel is this. I haven't, told, I haven't said it yet today. So the gospel is you need to repent of your sins, turn to God. That's what Jesus said. That's what John the Baptist said. That's what the disciples preached. You need to repent of your sin, turn to God. Jesus paid the price for your sin. He, he wants you. He needs you. He loves you. He, he's got great plans for you, but you cannot find those things until you first say, God, I am the one who's messed up. I want your presence in my life. Get, let me lay everything down in front of you. Give it, I, 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 want, I want to do that more than anything, and he will meet you there, I promise. His blood cleanses to the uttermost, and, and his, his, his life is given to everybody who will do that. The song that you hear on the radio these days. And if God's dealing with you some clay, I just encourage you to, to respond. Leaders, if you want to come, maybe but some of you, maybe some of you leaders just need to respond yourself. I don't know. Sometimes I need to respond to what God's doing in me. Until the whole world hears. Today, as we listen to this song, respond with your heart. Find your place to make sure the whole world hears. Go ahead, Thomas. Close your eyes with me. I know it sounds, it's not like your normal worship, it's not your normal altar call song, like you want something to flow. Listen to the words.
giant rise Catch the demons by surprise Holy nation sanctified Let this be a battle cry Ready yourselves Ready yourselves Let us shine the light of Jesus in triumphant God those people Lord Jesus who want to sing till the whole world hears Lord Jesus God find in us God that heart God to be your hands and feet God to go where you will lead Lord Jesus let there be God a group of people here that meet at this place God God we know it's not about the building it's not about the four walls or the structure God it's about the hearts and the lives of the people that congregate in a place Lord Jesus where you do your work Lord, I pray, Jesus, that, God, in this place, you will find those who are so passionate about the gospel, who are so passionate about the, the work of the kingdom, who are so passionate about the, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit, that, Lord Jesus, God, we will find, you will find us faithful in our callings. God, be it in education, be it in, in, in the medical profession, be it, God, in the business world, be it in the ministry vocation, be it, God, Lord, wherever. God, I pray, Jesus, you will find those hands and feet working forward, marching forward. God, we are a part of something that's unstoppable so long as we hold true to the message you gave us, you entrusted us with. Lord Jesus, all over this congregation, I believe right now, God, there are people who are aching, who are hungry, who are thirsty, God, to see you move the way you promised. God, to do what you said you would do. Lord, we've already experienced it. God, we've already saw the work of your hands moving forward. And Lord Jesus, let us not relent until we find the completion of it. God, your word says this will be preached until the end. The end won't come until we've done our job. 
The end won't come until we've, we've accomplished the goal. The end won't come, Jesus, until we have seen the gospel shared all over this world. And each of us play a role in that, Lord. God, I pray, God, you would empower us. You would impassion us. You would strengthen us to be that. Lord, we're grateful. You've walked with us all along the way. Church Triumphant, this congregation, all the names that it's had, God, it's not what it was, but it's not what it will be either, Lord Jesus. And God, we're grateful that you've tapped us on the shoulder, called us to be a part of what you're doing, Jesus, and given us a place to be used in the kingdom. Lord Jesus, you're great and you're powerful. Let your gospel be heard, be felt, be experienced in the lives of these people here, Lord. Now we bless you and we thank you. If you need to respond, you just need to. Go sign a sheet. Go get in a connection group. Go find a mission organization online. Hook up with the missionaries we work with and say, I want to come to Romania and serve in the Arbor. Do something like that. The only thing stopping us is us. That's the truth. That's it. Father, go with them. Let them be the hands and feet of Christ wherever they go. The light of Christ penetrate their hearts. In the name of Jesus.